0: Well, guys, I knew this day would come. It finally happened. TikTok banned my original TikTok account. I know a lot of you guys followed me from TikTok. So if you haven't seen a TikTok from me in quite a while, that's why. You can now follow me on my new TikTok account, at ComeOnManPod. That's all one word, at ComeOnManPod. Please follow me. Help me rebuild. I was at almost 30,000 followers when they kicked me off their platform. So come on, follow me back. I certainly appreciate it. Thank you. What's up, everybody? You are listening to Come On Man. A 3% Man Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Bauer, and I am on the road to being a 3% man just like you. If you're new to the show, this is a podcast for fellow students of Corey Wayne's book, How to Be a 3% Man, and for men who just want to be better in general. We talk about dating, gaining wealth, being happy, and using the law of attraction to get everything we want in life. Thank you for coming back for another week of Come On Man! This week is a really good episode. Before I get into what's in store for you, though, if you're listening on iTunes, please go ahead and give us a five-star review. It helps more than you know. Be sure to like and fave on your favorite podcast platform of choice. If you're watching this on YouTube, don't forget to subscribe and hit those notifications. There we go. (laughs) Those notifications, because apparently just subscriptions don't mean shit on YouTube who knows why? That's the dumbest thing ever. But hit those notifications so you know when we have new episodes. I have new episodes every week if you didn't know that already. All right, this week I actually had a lot of fun recording this. I had Evan from Performance Potential on TikTok. You guys may have heard of him, especially if you've followed me from TikTok. Um, Evan has so much information. He's actually read how to be a 3% man only once though, which is a damn shame. Corey would be so disappointed. But Evan's a dating coach himself. And he has just so much like great advice. Uh, I've been following him for a long time. He's been in the TikTok game, you know, a little bit longer than me, maybe, uh, maybe a month or so longer than I have, but his following is astronomical just because he just gives so much value and he, he gives value not only to men, but also to women as well. So I will be bringing you that conversation right after this. Again, that's duke.comonmanpod.com. Don't smell like a little bitch. All right, some people are so famous they only need one name: Cher, <laughs> Fabio, Madonna. Well, today I have Evan from Performance Potential on TikTok. He's very pop. He's a very popular dating coach with a huge following. What's going on, Evan?
1: Hey, man, it's great to be here. I appreciate the invite.
0: Yeah, no, it's actually good that. Uh, We've been in uh, in contact, and you're able to do this. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. You actually, uh, I think, like we were chatting the other day, and it it seems to me that I mean, although you've been doing the the dating date coaching thing for a while now, you're pretty new to TikTok yourself, right? You just got on in what December?
1: Yeah, it was middle of December. I think it's only been about you know three three months now, coming up on three months.
0: Yeah, that's not a lot. And you already have like, uh, what, 130 or 40,000 followers or something ridiculous.
1: Yeah, I think it's sitting around a little bit 120 right now. So it's been it's been pretty cool. I think, you know, learning more about TikTok as, as a platform is is encouraging, you know, some some pretty good growth opportunities. And, you know, just a lot of people looking for some help on there. So it's been good so far.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, I love it. I It's it's really addicting. Uh, not just scrolling all day. I mean, you end up like wasting four hours of your day scrolling, but it's it's addicting uh, making the TikToks because they're so easy to create. And then some people ask questions. It's so easy to just go, oh, you know what? I'll just answer that real quick in a video. And yeah, I don't know. You can waste so much time with that, that app. So I put out... Today, uh, asking, you know, some people if they had questions for you, really only got like one response. I had, you know, people say that they follow you, but one person, and it was uh, Camelia, uh, a dating coach herself on TikTok. Uh, she goes by cam.khs, and she wanted to know, like, what made you decide to start making these videos, right? Like, so I guess what just made you decide to get on TikTok to begin with?
1: So for me personally, the, the first part is why TikTok. So the reason why I chose TikTok is because right now it's absolutely the best social media platform to grow on, uh, you know, bar none. You can, you can put a video out, you know, a 30-second video that gets you a couple million views. and You can get tens of thousands of followers from that. So that's kind of part one why I chose TikTok. I really thought about YouTube. Um, but really with YouTube, it's such a long form of content that it takes a lot of, you know, a lot more backend work, video editing, things like that, that I really just don't have the time to do. Um, so yeah, that's kind of why I chose TikTok and, and really why I got into this space is I think for all of us personally, and you know, you and I kind of spoke about this before we all have kind of a, a journey when it comes to dating and relationships of understanding how everything, how everything works. And for me, that was kind of in my earlier twenties. So as I began to kind of master that myself and start to coach some other people, I realized I think it's a space that just, you know, not just men, but also women need help in too, because everyone's trying to figure out the other side. Men are trying to figure out what women are thinking and women are trying to figure out what men are thinking. So I think it's a way to kind of bring the two together and, you know, start educating some, some people who need help with that. So it's kind of, it's just something I'm passionate about, to be honest.
0: Yeah, no, that, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, I think we were talking the other day about, um, different books and stuff that we've read. And I was t- talking about Dr. Glover, and I think yeah, you, you said you're not su- super familiar with Dr. Robert Glover's books, but one of the things that he talks about is how there's a, uh, there's a myth that women are naturally good at relationships. And he's like, but if you really step back and think, uh, think about it, he goes, why do women always buy women's magazines that talk about relationships? Why do they watch shows like Oprah where they're trying to learn more about relationships? if they're already naturally so good at it. And it's like, because they're not.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, don't think, I don't think anybody is. And what, what ends up happening is somebody can be really good at something, but then when they learn the hard way about you know something along that journey, that, that makes them become very introspective and try to understand what actually happened to cause that, right? Like you could be a guy, I had. I have a guy that I'm coaching right now, he's 42 years old. And he said, listen, my whole life, I've never had relationships, but there's this one girl as of late all these things are happening and I just don't know what to do. And it actually turns out that all the things that she's doing are very common things for guys like you and I to hear because we've been in this space for a while, but for him, just because he's had it easy his whole life, he gets this one challenge and he immediately gets thrust into, you know, learning more about the dynamics between men and women.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's, oh, that's a very good point. Yeah. Some guys, some people just, uh, I don't know if it's luck or they're just born with some kind of charisma but they, they are just sort of naturally good with women. They naturally, you know, women are naturally drawn to them, but yeah, every, then there's going to be that one that, oh, Evan, I think you dropped off for a second there. Sorry oh, there about you that. You're back. There we go. Uh, but yeah, the, yeah, there'll be a one that throws them for a loop or, you know, gives them some kind of uh, you know, shit test or strength test or however you want to phrase it. And they just don't know what to do with it, you know? So yeah, absolutely. So another question that Camelia had was, how did you learn about, you know, like women in relationships? Like, how did you become an expert so that you're a coach?
1: So I think it's a culmination of a lot of different things. I mean, you have education, your own experiences, the experiences of some of your clients and I think there's a lot of different facets of all of those. Like education can be anything that you, you know, learned in college from psychology. I mean, I studied psychology and criminology when I was in college. So a little bit related, a little bit unrelated for, you know, the majors that I had. But for me, for me personally, a lot of it came through, you know, just, just reading and researching. Like obviously this is the come on man podcast. And I think, um, I think Corey Wayne is obviously somebody that a lot of guys look up to and they, and they've learned from, I think also, once you start to, explain to people who might be a few steps behind you in your journey that need help getting to where you are, then you start to learn more about them. So over the past couple of years, just working with, you know, dozens of clients, you start to hear different nuances on their stories and then applying it to how you see it working. So I think just as time goes on, you start to get more information on it. So I would say it's a combination of my own experiences, my education, and just the clients that I work with personally. But yeah, I think in terms of, you know, where I started, I think every guy starts in their journey on understanding dating and relationships by um, meeting a woman that they really like and just having it not go well. And you start to kind of peel back the layers of the onion. You're like, why is this not working? Like I did everything right. When in reality, what most guys are taught of doing things right is the very opposite of what it would be to do things right. Like in my mind, when you're doing something right, you're getting good results not, you know what I'm saying? Like you're getting good results from what you're doing because you're doing it right. As opposed to I'm doing all these things right, but never getting the right results. Well, you're not doing it right. That's, that's kind of the big difference. And I think what most men, you know, understand hopefully as their journey through understanding like dating and relationships and women is, is that what you see in fairy tales and storybooks and everything like that is not really how it pans out in the real world.
0: Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So many guys come on the podcast, uh, yeah, because we talk about you. You mentioned Corey Wayne. This obviously, this podcast sort of was born from uh, the Three Percent Man book, which was also created the Three Percent Man Facebook group. Which this whole podcast is just uh, you know a product of all that. And uh, almost every guy that comes on the on the the show talks about how they discovered. The, the book and, and, you know, basically just this sort of journey because <laughs> they had some kind of failed relationship and they were, and they always say, oh, I gave her everything. I did everything for her. And I did, da, 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 da. and it's like, but why do you hear, it- and you hear yeah. the
1: term, I did everything right. I hear that term all the time, yeah. man, I did everything right, but I don't know what happened. I'm like, well, man, you didn't do everything right.
0: Yeah, you clearly, that's didn't.
1: the difference. That's the difference. And then, and then it takes, the problem is people, people don't learn when things are easy. People learn when things suck and when things are hard and when you get outside the comfort zone and when you get dumped or, you know, you get blown off or you get ghosted and all these things like you start to learn not when it happens once, but when it happens a couple of times or when it happens with a woman that you really wanted, that's when you learn. It's the same way with women. Women are hung up on their exes all the time. Women are hung up on these toxic guys that didn't treat them right because every other guy who is in their DMs obsessed with them that's how they think they should be treated. So when you have this one guy who came along and didn't treat her that way, she's like, well, what did I do wrong? Or what's wrong with this guy? And then that starts the self-reflection journey for women. So it's very, it's very similar on both sides, but the commonality is that they're learning from a hardship that they've experienced because things are no longer easy. They can't just coast and you know go by on their just their good looks.
0: Yeah, and what, another thing I find too, especially in the comment section of TikTok... <laughs> Is that a lot of people want to blame other people? They're like, ah, oh, this relationship really failed because that woman's a bitch, or this guy's no, no good. He's trash. And it's like, no one wants, or I, I should say, very few people take the self reflection and go, what did I do wrong? Like, what could I do better? And like, I think those are the few people that seek out people like you, you know, like a dating coach, or they start reading books and stuff like that to try to figure out what they could do better in the future with, with, uh, with other partners and stuff like that.
1: And, I, and I've kind of got a brief opinion on that too, because I think when you're in the dating and relationship space, there's a lot of, you know, I guess I'll say like communities of men and women on both sides. Like you have red pill and you have MGTOW and you have all these different opinions. Now, the thing is, whether people see dating and relationships or I'll say dating more specifically as a, as a game or, you know, as something you need to understand how to work, If you're somebody who takes the approach where you are then out of the game and you're deciding that you no longer want to try to date women because you don't agree with the things that women do, you've kind of essentially given up. And the other thing is too, like, it's really not as much of a game as people think. It's a game when you pursue the people that are not interested in you. When you pursue women that have relatively high interest in you, it's not a game. It's just a game of not screwing it up. That's really what it comes down to. Like, get out of your own way. Don't mess it up. And it's going to work out well. So this whole, like, we're going our own way, like women are awful, that you're just not doing it right. That's the difference. And people who get very frustrated with those things or frustrated at me when I say that, like, first off, I don't care because I don't have a problem with women. And I've understood how to get along with women to avoid the games. The second thing is like, instead of getting better, you gave up. That's my opinion on that. You know, I don't know. Some guys will get pissed at me for saying that. I don't care.
0: (laughs) Well, I say it all the time. I have TikTok videos where I talk about MGTOW guys, and uh, I'm pretty blunt in my videos. Like, I don't think you use a lot of profanity in your videos, but I, I clearly do. But that's because I used to be a sailor, so I'm a professional. There you go. Mouth like a (laughs) sailor. (laughs) I I call those guys. I'm like, you guys are fucking quitters. You know, you guys. There's, there's no other way around it. You guys uh, don't you you suck at it and so you just say like, fuck it i'm gonna take my ball and go home and uh no one likes a quitter you know and there's there's just no way to you're never gonna win in life if you're just gonna be a, a constant quitter when you just give up on on things like that and uh and then when i put out those videos that oh man i get slammed with the big guys going well how is it quitting when it's it's a rigged game to begin it's like you get you just gotta show mentality man i'm never gonna convince you
1: yeah, you you and I, you and I agree on that. the other thing is too, if you think about just marriage, long-term relationships, divorces, things like that, statistically you're gonna you're gonna run into more people that aren't a good match for you than they are. And sometimes i get comments on videos like, man, you're talking about all these things to look out for and like the negatives. I'm like, yeah, because if you find somebody that passes these tests or doesn't check all these boxes or show all these red flags, that's great. You've got somebody that's a good personality match for you, move forward and try to have a relationship if it was easy to get in a long-term relationship and be happy, everybody would be in a relationship. It's not easy at all and nothing that's worth it is easy. So instead of giving up and crying and quitting, be more patient, which men is my number one piece of advice for men, be more patient, be more patient and pick the right person. And then that way you won't have this negative feedback loop in your head that every time I meet a woman, it doesn't work. Well, just because she's attractive doesn't mean she's good for you. And that's what I, that's what I really hope that men can start to understand.
0: Oh, no, definitely. Another thing too, you did a video, I don't know, maybe a month or month and a half ago where you're talking about, because uh, I, get, I get this all the time too, especially if I'm talking about red flags or if I'm talking about, uh, I don't know, needy women or weeding out women that aren't good for you and stuff like that. I get a lot of people, men and women that are like, well, <laughs> that's why you're still single or, you know, stuff like that. Like it's a bad thing. And you did a video talking about, well, why are dating coaches oftentimes single? And you're like, because they have high standards, they know what they want, you know, stuff like that. And, it's be, and a lot of people, I don't know, they, they, I feel like they try to gauge success on whether or not you're in a relationship or if you're married or not. But it's like a lot of people rush into those relationships. They settle for less than, you know, they really want. And then they end up breaking up or getting divorced anyway. So- I feel like being more selective, you know, not, uh, not overlooking red flags and stuff like that and just and taking your time getting into a relationship is a much smarter way to go. You have a, a, a less likelihood of getting divorced or, or, you know, breaking up or whatever. If, if you go that route, you know, you go for quality over quantity, I guess is what I'm saying. Is that what your point was in, in that particular video?
1: Yeah. I I think there's, there's a lot more as you start to understand kind of the dynamic between men and women and dating, there's a lot more awareness on certain things. And as opposed to talking to somebody for maybe three or four months that you're in in maybe the earlier stages of your understanding of just the dynamics between men and women, maybe you're not very aware of certain things. You could go three or four months just getting to know somebody. Whereas in a second or third date, you know, I'm trying to help, you know, my clients and, and myself personally get to a point by second or third date you know if somebody's right for you or not like and i'm not saying you go there with this this list of things that you need it's not about that it's not about being overly picky or overly particular it starts before you even meet up if if guys like you and i went on a date with every girl who ever swiped right on our profile or liked our profile or was interested in us we would be out of a lot of money we would be, be very annoyed and it would be a waste of our time I only date certain women based on, you know, what do they do? How do they act? How do they text? How do they respond? Are they, are they nice? Are they giving? Are they caring? You know, I'm looking for those things before I meet up with somebody and after first date to understand if that's a person that's going to be good for me. So I've ended a lot more, you know, dating situations within the first couple of weeks than I would have in the past because I realize what I'm looking for and whether it's going to be a, a right match. So I think that kind of awareness is, maybe something that keeps a lot of dating coaches single. And it's also the the mentality. And you and I talked about this the other day is about not having a scarcity mentality where I'm so worried that I'm going to be alone forever. Like guys like us know that we have a lot to offer. So why would I be scared of being single? It's, it's not a bad thing. I don't know people. <laughs> and I'm sure you get these comments. It's like, yeah, I'd keep doing this. That's why you're single. Stay single. It's like, I'm happy single. I've been happy in relationships. I'd, it's not a, I don't know. I'm just, I don't get rattled by something like that. I don't care. Like I'm happy with myself. It's like, I'm in a good spot. <laughs> like yeah. I'm, I'm having a good time.
0: Yeah. If you're not, if you're not happy with your own company, you're not going to be happy in a relationship anyway. you like too many people yeah, are I think to you, I think you said hole. that
1: before. I think you said that before. Yeah. You're not going to, you're not going to use a relationship as a, as a crutch when you're, when you're not feeling good about what it is that you're working on.
0: Yeah. I mean, well, I've been that guy. I think a lot of us have where you just feel like this empty void when you don't have someone. So then you're just, that's all it consumes you trying to lock down that next relationship. And, uh, you you know, people, a lot of people, I feel like in the dating world, they hate dating because they'll pursue that one person. And then, you know, after maybe two or three dates or whatever, they, the other person ghosts them or whatever. And they're just like completely crushed by it. It's like, well, you, you wouldn't be if you're dating multiple people for one, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it, it, yeah. it too. If you, if you realize that there's plenty of other people out there, like who gives a crap, you, you wouldn't care. And there
1: are probably a lot of other signs that they missed on the way to getting ghosted. Like for instance, it's, it's very difficult. Like when I take on a new client or I'm speaking with a guy who's just starting the dating process. It's, I have to find out very quickly because you only have a limited amount of time on meetings. What this, what this guy's approach is to when he starts dating somebody in nine out of 10 times, I'm like, okay, how often do you talk? And like, oh we're texting 24-7 I'm like man why don't you go hang out with them they're like oh we hung out I'm like okay but you're hanging out and texting them 24-7 I'm like do, or do you do anything like do you do anything outside of just talking to her like you have a job do you go to school are you busy do you have a hobby are you working on yourself so like, yeah I do those things but I'm like then why are you on your phone 24-7 it's not about a, it's not about playing games it's about genuinely being busy like I don't have time to text somebody 24 seven. I'm sure you don't either. It's about just genuinely being busy and working on stuff and like hanging out when you can and building a relationship over time and having patience.
0: Mm-hmm. No, I get that. Well, you know, it's funny too, is I, I did a, I did a video on uh, they call it mirror game. You're probably familiar with a mirror game where, you know, you, you basically match and, and, you know, mirror their their effort when it comes to communication and oh. Uh, one thing I, uh, a lot of people hate that because like, well, that's game playing, which it is. But what I feel like it teaches guys are, especially guys that are used to texting women 24 seven, it teaches them to back off a little bit and to focus on their purpose a little bit. Cause it's like, okay, if you, instead of texting her back right away, you set a timer for two hours. Now you got to stay busy with something else besides your stupid phone. And then eventually it just becomes natural to just be busy. (laughs) you know, so it's almost like a training technique more than it is game playing in my opinion. And
1: it's also like, to your point, you kind of, if, if every time you text somebody, they're answering you every three or four hours, um, to be honest, either, either they are genuinely that busy, which is a little bit more rare because everybody's on their phone. So they're either not that interested or they're playing games. And I would never, I would never teach somebody to pursue somebody that's either not interested or playing games, especially that early on. Like Maybe if you want to talk a lot early on, get to know each other, as you're building that up, great. But as you get more comfortable, you shouldn't have to text somebody 24-7. So it's it's one of those things where like if they're doing that from day one, I, I recommend, like you said earlier, you should be dating other people if it's very early on. You should be dating other people and you should be prioritizing the people that prioritize you. And if they don't, then you're kind of you're fighting a losing battle. You really you really are.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's that's really well said. Yeah, definitely. Um so let's get back to, uh, to your, your, how you started learning about this stuff. Cause you know, I'm curious too, we talked about, uh, uh, Corey Wayne, you're, you're familiar with 3% man. You you've read the book, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, how many times have you read the book?
1: I read it once. Corey would kill me.
0: Oh, he would destroy you for that. Um, he, he
1: would kill me. Be like, you didn't read it 15 times. What are you doing, man? <laughs> That's fine. Ten like, to fifteen times. Ten you know, to fifteen times.
0: You know, you know it's, it's fine. Though. I don't, I don't blame you for that because uh, I mean, you see, you have a good grasp on this stuff anyway. Uh, and there's some books that I've read in the space where I'm like, yeah, I'll read that multiple times. There's other books I've read in the space. I'm like, that's a one and done. You know, it was good information, but I'm never going to read that again. Um, yeah. I feel like, I feel like uh, the rational male is is one of those. Like, there's some guys that are just, you know, they love the rational male. And I'm like, mm, it's good to know knowledge, but it's not something that you should read 10 to 15 times, you know, I don't know. Um, yeah. What, what other, are, are there any other books that you've read in the space?
1: So actually I was, I think this was probably a month or so ago. I think you and I were DMing and I had brought it up, it was a book by Suzanne Banker. Um, it's like the alpha, the alpha females guide to, to dating or marriage. I forget what the full name of the book is. And I, I read most of it that, but I find it interesting. Well, the first thing is I think people usually read things that, that kind of fluff their confirmation bias. Like if you're a red pill or MGTOW guy, sure. You're going to go read everything that has to do with why women play games and why it's so hard. And you're just constantly going, you know, fluffing your ego and saying, yeah, I was right. I was right. This is so hard. I'm going to give up. Whereas you gotta read something that makes you think a little bit differently. So the reason why I read that book is it's interesting because it's from a, from a woman's perspective, but it's from a woman's perspective who had gone most of her life and and had a very, you know, masculine figure as her mother, right? Her mother was very hardworking, was, was very, you know, alpha female type. And it it caused some, some issues in, in her marriages and relationships, but she personally picked up on a lot of those things and traits from her mother and had to unlearn a lot of those things, right? Like there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with working hard. There's nothing wrong with making a lot of money, but if you don't have any polarity in your relationship, like if, if you have two masculine figures in your relationship and you think that's going to work out, it's not. And that's why I think a lot of women are frustrated now. And I'm not going to say it's feminism because I think that there's so many definitions of what feminism is and how it's supposed to apply in modern day society. So I'm not going to say it's feminism. I think it's the, the fact that most people don't want there to be any inherent differences between men and women which leaves men frustrated and it leaves women confused because men are like i'm not getting from her what i want like i want more of a traditional woman and she's frustrated because she's like i'm doing everything society has told me to do and i'm doing it better because women are amazing and women are great at what they do especially in the workplace like i work with a lot of amazing women but when you get to the point where you can't take that persona off in a relationship or kind of calm down and this goes for men too you just, it causes a lot of problems in relationships. Like for most men, I think they would agree that even if your wife is an amazing businesswoman, amazing career woman, and she makes a lot of money, if you do as well, then you're both bringing the same thing to the table. And there's really no polarity between what you're doing. And a lot of times it just causes the competition, causes people to feel insecure and butt heads. And I don't know. So that's why that book was interesting to me because it was written from her perspective as someone who had gone through a lot of their life, dating and relationships and been frustrated because she just felt that there was, you know, she was sold this kind of, kind of lie, I guess, mm-hmm. by society that didn't exactly serve her.
0: Got it. Got it. Uh, and then and going back to red pill type stuff, because um, I, so I look at red pill type information as it's very useful. It's useful to know. Uh, I, I kind of fall more in the lines of uh, purple pill, you know, like right in the middle right in the middle of the road. Me too. I feel like there's some, too. there's some good things on, on both sides. I, I, I personally like relationships, you know, I, I don't want to be a permanent plate spinner for the rest of my life. I don't think all women are trash, you know? Um, so, you know, that, that being said, um, I'm trying to think. <laughs> I had a I had a, had a point I was going to go with this. So, oh yes, that's what I wanted to say. So a lot of the, the stuff about red pill is the theory of women um, and, you know, have our hypergamous in nature, right? They tend to want to marry up. They want to date up. They want a guy who's higher status than them. And, uh, and you talk about like polarity and stuff like that. There's a, a whole slew of, of women out there that, you know, are career driven, you know, maybe they're doctors or they became lawyers and they spent their whole lives, you know, really building that career. And now they're like making gobs of money and stuff like that. And then they're, they're frustrated on the dating circuit because nobody wants to date them. Um, I don't know. Have you ran into that in your practice? Like where you have these women that are like, I, I don't know, like no one wants to date me because like they're I'm, I'm too successful and I can't find guys that are more successful than me. And
1: yeah, so I would say a lot of the women that I personally coach, it's, it's kind of a, it's kind of a weird intermediary. It's women who are in their early twenties at the beginning of this is the first time that I've gotten hurt and I need to figure it out. And then the other, and for some reason, I don't have a lot of women between like 24 and 28. I don't know why. Maybe they're, maybe they're figuring out having a good time. Um, and then the the second demographic of women that I coach and I work with will be, and you know, they're very late twenties or early thirties because they're starting to realize that, like, hey, listen, I do want to settle down now, and I'm having some some difficulties with this. They understand that if I want to get married and have children, I got to be doing it soon. So if that's their goal, they're kind of figuring it out, like, I'm talking to these two guys, which one's the best? How do I sort through what a good guy is? how do I make sure I don't mess up this situation? So they're being vulnerable about it. They're asking for help, which anybody will respect. So I will say personally, I think a lot of uh, career women women that I've dealt with or coached, it's, I think that there is an inherent frustration sometimes with the men that they're dating, but it's also like they're not going to give up their stance on on the topic. And I don't want to change their stance on it either because it's not like, I, I can give information and I can push someone in a direction, but I'm never we're going to tell them, like, I'm not going to be like, you can't do this. You can't do that unless they're doing something toxic or they're playing games or being whatever, you know, it, it's just very difficult as a guy to tell a woman like, Oh, this mentality and this, whatever you're doing in career is threatening to the guy you're talking to, because they're like, then he needs to get over it. I'm like, you're right. He does need to get over it. So find a guy who will get over it. Mm-hmm. You don't like that answer because they know they've got to go back to the drawing board. It's like, there's really not, there's really not much else to say in between that. And I know, I know plenty of guys, um, especially in my personal life that are dating women that make more than them. And although it might make them feel a little bit uncomfortable, they just deal with it. And mm-hmm. I know it makes them feel uncomfortable. And, and that's a sociological thing. You know, men have been conditioned that they should be the breadwinners and they should be the boss and everything like that. But in 2021, I don't know if things are jumbled up, man.
0: I think it's funny though, cause I, I experienced this growing up um, where women that do end up making more than their men, like eventually start resenting their man, <laughs> you know, yes. it's like, cause they feel like, you know, I, I mean, they're like, Oh, I'm a strong independent woman. But then at the end of the day, they're like, why isn't he doing better? And, you know, cause my dad, uh, bless his heart. He was one of those guys that, Didn't go to college. And this was back when I think like college was a little more important, but like he just, he he did like a, a year in college and was like, it's not for me. And then basically struggled his whole life, just doing menial jobs. And my mom went to, she, she got her, her associate's degree. It's not like she's a doctor or anything, but she went and became a nurse. And, but she was, she always made more money than my dad. And she made sure we fucking knew about it. She was like, I'm the breadwinner. I'm the breadwinner in this house and stuff like that. And then like growing older, I mean, they're still together, but I feel like they're together out of spite more than anything.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: But, but my mom's still very much like, you know, I was the breadwinner. Like, yeah, mom, I know I get it. You know, it's uh,
1: so it's very, it's very emasculating to be honest.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, yeah, I can definitely see like how women, uh, might struggle in the dating scene if they've, they've went their whole life, you know, pursuing that career. And now it's like, oh crap, I've done better. And
1: Paul and Paul, think about this too. So right now, I don't think in terms of just earnings and, you know, inclusion in the workplace and everything that I don't think women have ever been as financially successful as they are today. And I will say some of the women, not necessarily my clients, but some of the women I know in my personal lives that are, you know, in their late twenties, they're very attractive. They're very single. And they make a lot of money. They're extremely unhappy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They're 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 extremely unhappy because what's happening is they're dating guys who are like doing this, and it's a it could be such a long topic that I won't go into the whole thing on.
0: We but got time. We, we got
1: time. All right, perfect. <laughs> so we both know that the the minority of men get the majority of women. So here's the thing. If you are a successful woman, you're only going to want to date a guy who is as successful as you or better. Clearly, as a man, I wouldn't want to date someone who wasn't, you know, mover and shaker as well. So it's fair, applies to both. Okay. So you're a woman who's 28, extremely attractive, makes a lot of money, live in a great city. Well, you're only going to date up you're not going to date a guy who's like making nothing not motivated not doing anything with his life okay cool you've now tapped in to the top five ten percent of whatever guys top three percent if you want to be three percent man top three percent whatever of men well guess what those guys control the vast majority of options with women and most men with options don't want to settle down so the funny thing is i won't say funny the unfortunate thing is for women Who are in their late 20s early 30s very successful and everything is great on paper are oftentimes the most frustrated because they're going after the top tier guys whereas the top tier guys have their pick of the litter at all times don't want to settle down and don't need to settle down at their age whereas the women who are like i've been taught that i'm strong independent don't need no man i'm coming to a point where i want a man and every man that i go after won't settle down hence the all men are trash thing because what happens is you're pursuing the men to have all the options. And again, this is kind of a Jordan Peterson thing. I kind of respect what he says in this. And I think through like, a, just as a guy goes through his like single phases and understanding as he gets older. Just because a guy has unlimited access to sex doesn't mean he should take it, right? There's There's nothing admirable about just sleeping with every woman who will sleep with you. There is something admirable about being a guy who can sleep with many women and not doing it. So I think that's where, that's where the difference comes in. If you think about what percentage of the top 5% that might be, you're talking about less than 1%. So now think back to the beginning of what I was saying, why women who are 28 single make a lot of money, really attractive, why they are unhappy because they want this top, top, top one tenth of a percent guy, which I'll probably tell you if they have a great personality and they're awesome outside of their work, they probably deserve because they're that attractive, they're that smart, they're that whatever, but it's just hard to get statistically it's just hard to get. So that, that's why I think a lot of women who are just, you know, doing well on paper at their late twenties and early thirties are so frustrated with men because every guy that they get is not settling down because he feels like he doesn't have to settle down.
0: Yeah, no, that makes sense too. And then, and also, uh, not to sound too red pill, but like, yeah, women have a little bit more of a biological clock that they're racing than guys do so guys that are uh so women that are 28 and they're trying to date guys close to their same age the, if of course those guys i want to settle down especially if they're super successful in their career why would they want to stop what they're doing to to have kids and stuff like that when they can easily do that into their 40s 50s if they want and uh women it's, are, it's tough yeah. and
1: it's a reality man like, and it's, it's one of those things. It's just like, it just kind of is the way that it is. And w- the reason why I think that is, is because a lot of guys who have options who either don't want to settle down or they don't want to stop sleeping around with their options. It's because a lot of guys never experienced that guys had to work to get there. Women don't need to work hard to get access to a lot of guys who want to sleep with them. If you're an attractive woman and you go to the bar and you want to sleep with a guy, it's, it's not hard, like it can happen. So it's one of those things where guys kind of grow up realizing they've got to do all this work and figure it out. And then I'll be attractive to women. And then they dig in, they do it. And they realize to an extent that it works. Then they're like, Oh, this is awesome. Newfound success. I, I want to date all these women. I want to have access to, to sleeping with women, things like that. Whereas women, their whole lives have known that men are sexually interested in them because they have so many people texting them, DMing them and telling them they're beautiful. Men don't have that. So it's like newfound success for men when they get these options. And that's when you get the whole, all men are trash thing. And guys are, guys are pigs and guys won't settle down because to an extent it's true, but it's only a certain percentage of men. The sad thing is when you lump in all men are trash, then in a nice guy, then you just really lose because nice guys are, are not, Nice guys get lumped into this whole thing where women have trust issues and they don't want to talk to a guy because they assume they're going to get screwed over.
0: Let's let's go off on uh, nice guys a little bit because I do a lot of videos on why nice guys finish last. But I mean, I mean, you probably see this as a as a dating coach. I mean, a lot of nice guys will hire dating coaches because they're like, "What you know? What am I doing wrong? Why? Like, I'm I'm such a nice guy. Like, what what's going on?" So, do you want to? dive into that a little bit
1: sure so i think we women and men and everybody has a different definition of what a nice guy is um because a lot of times if i do videos about nice guys uh, the top comments i'll get will be well he was just acting nice but he's not really a nice guy or he was a nice guy just because he was trying to sleep with me and then he was not nice and then there's like the the camp of people who see nice guys is kind of the, you know, the the needy guys, the guys who are, you know, very like, I need a relationship. I'm gonna validate women every time I get a chance, things like that. So I feel like the the nice guy paradigm in, in my book is not a guy that's nice with an agenda. He's just been raised and brought up to obviously respect women like we all should, you know, treat them well and and put them first. That's what a nice guy is to me, a guy who puts women before himself, before you know, his career, his success, things like that. That's what I would deem as a nice guy. And I think nice guys fail because when they receive pushback and and kind of rejection or a woman getting cold on him, they try much harder because they're like, I didn't do what I was supposed to do. And they take a lot of ownership, but they take ownership for the wrong things. They take ownership for things that are not in their control. They say, she left me because it was my fault. She left me because I wasn't good enough. I didn't try hard enough. So that's where nice guys really make, make a mistake. They, they are hung up on emotionally unavailable women or women who are hung up on another guy and they think it was their fault that that happened. When in reality, she just liked somebody else more or she just wasn't physically attracted to you.
0: Got it. Okay. I feel like, uh, so uh, it, there's a really good book by, by Dr. Glover called No More Mr. Nice Guy that I talk about a lot too. And he talks about like a little bit of mix of both of of both those things. Right. About how nice guys often are very dishonest. You know, they they act like they they don't want women just for sex. They act like, you know, they they put women on a pedestal really just, you know, to to kiss up to them so that they the women will take pity on them and stuff and have sex with them. And, and they try to go that route and they just don't go for what they want. And then they blame the women when they don't get what they want. So there's, there's a little bit of that in that book too. And then also there's a a whole thing where women just, you know, they, they, they look at these guys uh, not only as, as needy, but also as weak, you know, these guys come across too nice, they're pushovers, they do whatever she says without questioning it. And she can walk all over him. And she's like, well, geez, if I can walk all over you, how are you going to stand up for me when I need you to, you know? So there's, there's that whole philosophy too, which I think is, is hilarious because there's all these videos of women talking about why can't I find a guy like this and stuff like that. And I almost always do a stitch with those saying, Oh, you've met these guys. (laughs) They're, they're in your friend zone, you know,
1: they're in, they're in your DMS right now. You know that. (laughs) But again, like, I'll never tell, I'll never tell somebody to, to pursue or be attracted to somebody that I'm physically attracted to. So I get it. You know, it's just like, I'll never fall, I'll never fall a woman or a woman that I coach for, you know, not giving a nice guy who she's not attracted to a chance, but I will fall her for saying like, Oh, he, he, he was too much. He was too much. Like, were you attracted to him? She's like, yeah, physically. I'm like, then he's not too much. He was just treating you as if the way you say you want to be treated in a relationship. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's, it's just, I don't know, man, there's, there's a lot that there's a lot that goes into that. It's like, there's a difference between what you say you want, what you actually want.
0: Yeah, 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 definitely. There's, (laughs) it's so funny. That's another thing too, that uh, it took me uh, years to learn. I mean, really, I just started learning this stuff like last year, because, you know, I got out of, you know, some bad relationships. And then, uh, you know, and then I was on the dating circuit and just, you know, couldn't keep chicks around. For more than a couple of dates, and and I was just like, "What am I doing wrong here?" And I and I realized that, you know, women, yeah, women oftentimes say they want certain things, but respond to something completely different. And it's really more important to just sort of watch what they respond to as opposed to what they say they like listening to what they say they want.
1: Yep, actions so, over words for sure.
0: Yeah, it's it's super counterintuitive. Um, so another thing that I get, and I I don't know if you get this in the comments at all. I mean, you talk about, you don't typically like to, you know, teach men to play games and stuff like that, because they really shouldn't. If they're pursuing someone that has genuine interest, there really is no need for game playing and stuff like that. But I get so many complaints from women about gameplay and, oh, that's just playing games and, and, and stuff like that. As if, women don't play games. Now you and I talked about this a little bit on the phone yesterday, but women absolutely play games. Have, like what are some examples of, of games that you've seen women play or you've heard them doing that you would yep. consider being a uh, total games?
1: Okay. So the number one thing, <laughs> like dig in, pull the chair. Um, the number one thing that women do, and, and they'll readily admit this is how often they text. Women do not text you when they want to text you. I promise. I promise. I would say uh, my clients, 50, 50 men, men and women, 50, 50 and women. Uh, they're always like, well, okay. It was this much after the date. And I still haven't texted him yet. I want to text him, but you know, I just want to make sure I give it that like two or three days. I want to make sure I give it this time. And I'm like, why do you want to do that? And they're like, oh, I just, what I just, Kind of what we've what we've been told to do, and I don't know who they learned it from, right? Like I don't I don't really know, yeah, Yeah, their their grandmother or something. I don't know who they learned it to or or who they learned it from, or what material women are following right now. I mean, obviously, men follow certain people and coaches, and I don't know really who women follow. Sometimes they tell me, and they'll be like, "Can you go check out this page? Let me know what you think about her. Let me know what you think about him." I'll kind of get my feedback on that, but yeah, I think I think texting definitely is is number one um, communication before a first date. Now there's a lot of weird expectation. It's like some women still kind of, ex- they expect if a guy is like nice and traditional that he's going to pick her up for the first date. And I've only come across that a couple of times. Like I had somebody, um, this is like three or four months ago. She texted me and she, she lived pretty close to the, to the bar we were meeting at. And she was like, Oh, I live pretty close. Um, are you going to come pick me up or do you want to just meet there? And I had to think about this one for a little bit, because I'm a, I'm a very big let's meet there and figure it out kind of guy. And there's a couple of reasons for that I'll get to in a second. But I kind of realized that her asking me that was more of a test. Now, I thought about it and I said to myself, if she's asking me to pick her up, that's actually a good thing. Number one, she's comfortable with me. And number two, she might be looking for something a little bit more traditional, which if I'm going to get into a relationship. I'm kind of into that. So I'm like, I thought about it, I gave it an hour or two because I really want to give a good answer here. I was like, I'd be happy to pick you up. And she was like, okay, cool. Now, the reason why I don't usually do picking up on the first date is because when, when we're getting there, I don't want the first interaction that her and I have to be like sitting side profile in my car. I think it's awkward. I don't want someone, the first interaction I have with them to not be cause I'm tall. So I like when I walk up, meet you tall presence, right? Good energy. I don't want to be getting out of my car. Second thing is women might ask you to pick them up. Cause they're going to judge you based on what you're driving. I drive a decent car. So there's nothing wrong with that. So I don't like the first interaction being side. It's like side to side. Um, I think it's kind of weird. I don't like it because I think they're kind of just like, like seeing if, if I'm driving a nice car, car or not. And the third reason why I don't like it is I like the flexibility of not picking them up. It makes them feel more comfortable to stay or to leave. And I want them to have that comfort factor because when they decide to stay, they're making the conscious commitment that I want to spend more time with this guy and I might even want to hook up with this guy. So if you think about the cadence of a first date, an ideal first date, We start one place, have a drink or two if they like to drink, Um, go to a second place, either like get a bite to eat if we didn't at the first place, second place. But I like there to be a dynamic. Like we started here, we're going here. And then after the second date, if they're still hanging out and they they drove, if they want to come back to my place, that is totally their decision. They're not dependent on me to get home. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want there to be weird inherent pressure. I want them to be determining that they are making the decision to come back with me. I don't want them to feel like, Oh, he's driving me. So I have to listen to what he's saying. And I don't know. So I think that's kind of a, like, like the pre first date games As women will play games a little bit. They'll kind of like, they'll kind of push back on where, where, what you like and what you don't like and where you want to go and where they would prefer to go. I'm very big on picking a place. And if you like wine, we're going to go to this wine bar. It just kind of is what it is. Like, are you going to be cool and go with it? Or are you going to, I don't know, give me pushback before the first date. I'm curious to see. Um, and then I will say women will play games with what they post on their social media, their stories, they'll post things with other guys. They'll post things with a kind of a guy in the background or like a dinner menu with something behind the dinner menu to make a guy think like, oh, I'm out on a date with somebody else. So women, women play a lot of games and they know that they do it on purpose because they want to test. They want to test for your interest. I don't want to say they want to test for your strength. Cause a lot of guys say they test for your strength. They're testing for your interest. In mm-hmm. too much interest is a sign of weakness because it's a sign that you don't have other options. So there are definitely a lot of games that that women play.
0: Got it. <laughs> I had a little. I just did a, a video about some things that women do too uh, on dating apps. You know, a lot of women. Uh, one of the guys that follows me, he he put it perfectly. He says a lot of women are on dating apps. And they treat it like it's Candy Crush, you know. It's just they're just doing it because it's their own amusement. They like that free validation. They have zero intention of going out with guys, and like clearly those those women are time wasters and stuff like that. And uh, one of the things that uh, I don't like, and I will I will end it quickly, is uh, if if we're bantering back and forth, and I go to set that definite date, I would say ninety percent of women are are cool with you know, after that little bit of back and forth, they're cool to meet up. In fact, a lot of guys just want to text for like two weeks before even asking them to meet up in person. And a lot of women get turned off by that. But occasionally I'll run into women that want to just text like indefinitely, or they want to text for two weeks before they feel comfortable meeting up. And uh, so like last, uh, last night I matched with this, this chick on Tinder and uh, she started asking me some questions. And so I was, at, you know, I was answering them. There's some quick questions. I asked her some questions back. And then she asked me like a really like one of those questions that, you know, it's, it's just going to be a really lengthy text exchange. And yeah. usually if, if that's, if you're going to ask me a, a, like a really long story type question like that, that's an in-person type question. And I usually use that as a segue to set the date. So I'll, I'll go, oh, well, that's More of an in person type question, I'm happy to answer that. When are you free to get together? And uh, most of the time, women are cool with that, and then you know, we can set up a date. This chick just this was at like 8 p.m. last night, so it wasn't even that late, and all of a sudden, she just stops texting, and I'm like, okay, well you know, you'll either get back. to I've actually,
1: I've actually got it. I've actually got a piece of advice for you on this one. Cause I've, I've seen this before. Here's my advice on this one. Oh,
0: uh, So hold, 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 let, well, let's get back to that. I'll tell you what I did.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. And,
0: um, so then, so I just waited. She finally texted me back this morning at like 8am. She goes, well, why don't I put a pin in that? I want to make sure that, uh, you can make me laugh first. So keep talking. Oh. And so I just got <laughs> up this morning. I saw that, and I just unmatched her ass. Okay, so what's your <laughs> what's, what's, what's your, your piece like? of advice? I'm, you're
1: cutthroat, man. You're you're out of here. I'm um, done, so, done. My, kind of my advice on that one because I've I've seen this before. Now, I think you can test the waters there for commitment as well, right? Because what I think women don't like sometimes is when you're like, "Well, with that said, to do that, we should do that when we meet in person." Like, I think that'll work sometimes, but it might not work all the time. So, usually, what I would do is mm-hmm. I'll be like, yeah, that's, a, that's a, that's a good question. When we, when, when we actually meet up, I can give you the long answer to that, but here's the short answer. So that way there's not pressure on it. And you're giving her like a little bit of a contingency, but you're also testing to see if she's going to be receptive to that because if she's like, oh, that makes more sense. Ha ha. I'd be happy to talk more about that. Then you know that she's down to, to meet up. So when you ask for the commitment, when you ask for the, for the date, She's going to agree. So you give her like a little bit of a contingency thing of like, oh, cool. Like, not like I won't answer that until you take the date. Like it's a negotiation. It's like, I'll answer that when we are on a date. Like, so it's future state. So then that way, and then you could be like, yeah, so the short answer is X, Y, Z. Like, what do you think about that? And then you'll see if she responds to the meeting up part. And if she does be like, okay, cool, this, that, whatever. And then after that, you could be like, listen, I'm going to head to bed soon. Um, I don't know what you look like on Thursday night. Like I really, like, as I said before, I would really like to meet you in person. But again, it's one of those things where if you have to implore those tactics, like Mm -hmm. is she somebody you want to meet up with anyways? Right. You know, because now it's you're just trying to go for a clean record. Now you're just trying to like, I want to get every date that I can. And that's to me, like, cause I'm, I'm with you, man. Like sometimes I think about, is it even really worth it for my text game to be that good? It's like, no, because I only want to date women with high interest. Mm-hmm. You know, when you and I talked the other day, I told you I'd matched with a, with a girl on a dating app, really attractive, seemed, seemed pretty chill. Um, and I think I texted her just a little bit too much before the first date. And after we got a little bit too lengthy in text. That went from us building good rapport and a good connection to her blowing me off for like four or five days. And then she texts me back on like, when was it Wednesday after she blew me off for five or six days I and answer her. I don't, I don't care. Like I'm not going to date somebody who can't communicate or answer me with, with like, and be respectful because I always answer people. So it's one of those things where it's like, might even been a good thing that she did that because now I didn't go out to dinner or drinks and kind of waste my time and money. Right. I only want to pursue women that are, you know, 10 out of 10 interested in me. I'm kind of past the whole chasing thing.
0: Sure. Well, so we're well, going back to this, this gal that I was just like, ah, fuck this. And I, <laughs> I just unmatched her. I mean, a lot of it too is, I mean, there's a couple things with it, right? There's uh, one, she wants me to text who knows how long before she'll feel comfortable enough to meet, meet up in public where there's lots of people. It's totally safe. No one's getting raped at Olive Garden. I did a whole video on that too. (laughs) Um, I mean, I don't know what Olive Gardens you're going to, but not the Olive Gardens I go to. Um, But it's also like, it's almost, it's a test of their ability to, to be led too, right? Because I kind of feel like a man should take the lead in a relationship. And so it's sort of his responsibility to have a plan to set that date and to set the tone and if he says, you know, it's, it's almost like a test of interest too. So when I say, when are you free to get together? And then she gives me a whole bunch of run around. It's like, okay, you're, you're not very compliant. I don't think even if we did finally meet up, I don't think I'm going to enjoy our time together. So yeah, a lot of that too is, is just like you said, like, do I really want to waste my time with someone like this? And I I feel like those types of responses to my, well, what are you free to get together is like, well, let's put a pin in it. Well, how about we put a pin in this whole fucking thing?
1: Yeah, like, (laughs) let's put it, let's put it, let's put a pin in it for Thursday night at eight. Are you interested? If not, like, I'm all set. It's like, yeah it's like, what's it all about? Like, why are you, to your point, why are we matching? Why are we talking if you don't want to meet up? And you made a good point earlier. You said a lot of, you know, I, so I won't even say, I don't think, I think it's a significant portion of people on dating apps. I won't say it's the majority because it's definitely not the majority, but a significant portion of women in particular that are on dating apps. And I know that this is true because on a, on a profile, like our dating app, like hinge, which is one of my favorite dating apps. I think you can meet some solid quality people on there. Like good people on hinge you know not it's not as much like a hookup culture kind of thing but on on the prompts there's like prompts you fill out there's like a little header and you fill in your answer to the prompt and i can't tell you during how how many women's profiles i've seen uh, during quarantine and through covid it says there's a prompt that says i know it's time to delete hinge when and their answer was when the pandemic is over okay 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 that doesn't number one that doesn't make any sense. Number two, the reason why that is dumb to put on there is because a guy with a brain is going to realize that you're like, I'm bored and I'm looking for attention and I'm looking for someone to entertain while I'm sitting at home, not going out, not doing anything. Like, yeah, I'm literally not a saying, monkey, I'm, Sandy. yeah. And also, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna impress you. I'm not gonna impress you in in the hinge, the hinge instant message DM. Like, what do you want me to do? Tell you jokes? Like, it's just one of those things where like. I don't really know a lot of guys that would be on a dating app just to get validation and attention, but clearly there's women on dating apps that are like, you know, I just want some guys to swipe on me and tell me I'm attractive or the ones and I, you know, do you know, Levi Washington, do you follow follow Levi on no. Uh, TikTok? No, he's got a, he's got a pretty good following. He's definitely, go, I think 300,000 followers or something like that at this point, but he he's, he's more of on kind of like the philosophy psychology thing. He does do a lot of like dating and relationship content. And, you know, he, he kind of made a good point to post earlier. I think it was like, he's like, listen, like 40% of guys are swiping on profiles. Whereas like, there's only 5% of guys that are getting swiped on, on profiles. It's really that like big of a difference. Mm-hmm. And there's like a lot of red flags to look out for on dating apps. And one of them being, if you see a woman that doesn't necessarily have her, her social media linked, like not, not like the at, but linked in the profile, what she's got her at in a description, she's just looking for followers. Yep. She's just looking for guys to go to her Instagram and Snapchat and follow or send her messages. And like, definitely, definitely avoid dating women that do that. Like it's not, you're, yeah, you're yeah, serving yeah. a, you're serving a purpose. You're not like, you're not there because she wants you there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're marketing. They're using it for marketing purposes. Yeah. I, I've seen that plenty of times too. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah. That's uh, women on dating. One thing that I can't stand uh, with the pandemic was i think bumble did it i think tinder did it maybe uh i don't know if hinge did it too but they they opened up their they call it their passport feature where you can you know connect with anybody worldwide and they did it for everybody so that you could have a a, a texting buddy during quarantine i was like what the fuck is the point of that yeah. i i'm not yeah. going to want to talk to a, a, a gal in argentina you know like i I want to, I, I'm on a dating app to delete the dating app eventually, you know, it's sure. It's such a p- pointless thing. You mentioned uh, you, you get people asking you what you think of certain dating coaches. And I immediately thought of Canada's dating coach, Chantel, the three-month no kissing rule lady. And, and I've done a stitch on her stuff and you commented going, this is absolutely mind boggling to me, but I wanted, <laughs> I wanted to know, you, like more in depth, like your thoughts about Shed Tell. I mean, cause she's written lots of books. She does give certain good advice to women. I think, you know, like you need to compliment your man and, 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 you know, actually show him some appreciation, which I think a lot of women don't realize that they need to do that. Uh, but that three month no kissing rule just really sticks in my craw.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, so here's the thing. I'm kind of 50 50 on that situation because TikTok only puts things in front of you that you're either going to like agree with, engage, or piss you off. So it's kind of hard. It's hard to like, I think it's, I think it's a little bit of a isolated incident. So it's, I, I, I can't really comment on her personally. Cause I haven't, I've, I've watched probably seven or eight of her videos. So I have got no overarching theme of her. I will say that 50% of the time I'm, I'm annoyed. And then 50% of the time I'm surprised. Like there's certain creators where when they put out a video, I know where they're going with it. I never know where she's going with her videos. Like, I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. Maybe I need to think more out of the box, but to your point, I'll watch a video and I'll think she's about to like dog men and be like, wow, screw this guy. If he does that. And she's like, no, you just need to be more patient and respect that your man is busy and making money. And I'm like, okay, I guess I can kind of agree with that. And then there's other ones that are like, don't kiss Like you said, don't kiss a man for three months. And if you give him any kind of intimacy, he's probably just going to leave you and dump you. I'm like, I don't get it. I don't know. Hey, different, different strokes, man. Maybe if it works for some people, I don't know. I mean, I guess one thing I'll say is if you're a guy and you're really, really, really like patient and that desperate for a relationship, I guess it could work. (laughs) I don't know, man. I would never do it. I mean, if if I'm on a if I get to a second or third date and I still haven't, I haven't kissed her, I just feel like there's something wrong. Like I feel like there's just a miss there, you know? Unless she said to me that like, I'm into you, but I've got these beliefs that I don't want to do anything physical for a month. But I, I can't really say that I've ever dated somebody that it went well, where the first two or three dates we hadn't at least kissed and it went somewhere. So I think that rule is kind of weird and arbitrary.
0: Yeah. If I don't get a, a decent kiss on the first date, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. Because I I mean, I like in uh, Corey's book, you know, he talks about it where that's sort of like the ultimate test of interest. But even before I read these books and stuff like that, I've told this story a bunch of times on the podcast and in TikToks. I went on a date with this really hot chick. It was like the first date I had been on since I got out of my last long-term relationship. And I was, I was always one of those people that I just, I was waiting for some kind of written invitation from women, uh, some overt sign that they wanted to be kissed. Otherwise I just wouldn't do it. I just didn't want to take the chance. And so we went out, we, you know, we went for coffee, we walked around the block and then I was like, okay, well, and, you know, give gave her a hug and, and on my way home, she texted me going, you know, I'm really disappointed you didn't try to kiss me. And I was yeah. like, what the hell? And so after that, I was like, you know what, at Every date, if I like her, I'm going for a kiss. And so that's been my motto since then. And then Corey talks about his book is that it's like, you know, the ultimate test of interest. So at the end of the day, if I go in for a kiss, m- you know, 99.9% of the time, it's going to work out great. And, you know, you'll get women that are super receptive to it. Every once in a while, you'll get a chick that's like, mm, you know, they'll give you, maybe they'll give you a peck or something where you're just like, okay, she's, she's not that interested. <laughs> you,
1: you get the, you get the side hug
0: goodbye. Yeah. That's always, or, the, that's or just, awkward one. Yeah. They'll turn their cheek or something like that. And then you're, then, you know, okay. I'm, you know, she's not interested. And then I just don't really call her again after that. But then I know. So like, so the whole going three months is just completely out of the question for me, but I could see if you, if you're one of those people that your goal is to get married, you have that sniper mentality where you're only dating one person at a time and you're only dating super religious chicks, then that might work.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't doubt that you might have some success with it, but it doesn't mean that in all other aspects of the relationship, you're going to be compatible. And it doesn't mean that it's going to work out. Like, I'm not like again sex is not everything in a relationship it's important but it's not everything it doesn't need to be perfect but it should be happening regularly and if it's not there's probably something going on there but I think it's one of those things where if you're waiting 3 months to kiss somebody at that point you've already determined that the whole physical side of the relationship it doesn't matter as much as anything else because you're saying that like I've put everything else as a priority and the physical aspect of relationship doesn't really matter. It actually comes last. So unless she's got some scientific research to say why that's the case, then I just would disagree. But hey, maybe she does. I don't know.
0: She talks about, uh, I mean, it's hard to get everything into a a 60 second video. And I obviously haven't read her book and I don't think I will, but because it seems like it's geared towards women anyway but she talks about, you know, there's certain chemicals in the body. And when you kiss, you produce these hormones and it ends up being like crack. And if you, I don't know, she does talk about scientific shit, but
1: firmly, firmly disagree. Yeah, cool. It might be scientific, but you also, people need to understand that there's sociological conditioning and people are just not people. Okay. Sex and intimacy is not the same as it used to be. Think about it. hundred years ago, if you had sex with somebody on a first date, you were it would probably be like blasphemy. you know. Now people have sex on first dates all the time. I mean, to be very honest, between me and my clients, just anybody who's ever had sex on a first date, had a one night stand, whatever, a lot of those don't result in anything. A lot of those result in never even talking to that person again. So you're telling me that kissing someone is going to pump all this oxytocin and and vasopressin through your body that makes this cocktail of I'm going to be a fool after this. That's not true at all. That is not true at all. People will frivolously have sex with other people and never talk to them again so the whole like you kissing me thing and i'm going to be clouded by judgment and act foolish is the dumbest thing i've ever heard okay. it just practically <laughs> makes no sense it practically makes no sense
0: okay no i agree i agree 100 all right so we're uh we're at a little over an hour here i just have like a, just a couple more questions um so one of the things i usually ask uh you know fellow students that that come on you know, once, once they get on this path of, of learning this stuff uh, you know, what kind of advice would you give someone just starting out? So I'm going to ask you as a coach, someone who's, who decided, you know what, I want to get better with women uh, or for, for women that listen to the show, you know, I want to do better in relationships with men. Like, what would you, what kind of advice would you give someone starting out on that path?
1: So, yeah, it's, that's a great question. So for men, the number one thing that I need men to understand is that you need to be more patient. You need to relax. I can't tell you how many guys are like, before the first date, like, oh my God, this girl is the one. I'm so interested in this girl. It's only physical attraction at that point. It's only physical attraction. You need to be patient. As a guy or as a human with anything to offer, you need to understand that if you have something to offer as well, all of your chips should not be all in on the first date or after the first date. You can be excited. You can be, you know, very happy. You could be looking forward, you know, adamantly to that next date, but you can't possibly know that you want to date and marry that person. So guys got to be, they got to be patient. And for women, since women tend to have more guys coming to them and more options, women need to be be a lot better at filtering out guys and, and seeing things that can be a problem or a red flag and identifying those before you get too invested in the guy. And we talked about it earlier, just kind of with that top 5% of guys that have a lot of access to a lot of women because of their attraction and status and money and power. Just because a guy has those things doesn't mean he's going to respect you. And it doesn't mean he's going to treat you well. So they, you know, women need to keep in mind that you shouldn't overlook the nice guy on paper, right? You shouldn't overlook that guy just because he's not as alpha and as cool and whatever as the other guy, because the, the guy who you think might be a 10 out of 10 for you, if he's not treating you like a 10 out of 10, you should not be devoting your time to that person. So since women do have usually more options in dating than men, women should have the ability to, to filter out the guys that aren't going to treat them, you know, with respect and, and kind of closing on that. the like, again, the Jordan Peterson thing that I talked about earlier, Yes, you probably want a guy with options, but you need to have a guy with enough restraint to not pursue those options if you, if you want a real relationship. So I think for men, it's about patience. And for women, it's about identifying which men are going to treat you well, despite the fact that they have options.
0: Okay. No, I think that's great advice. Okay. And then the last thing uh, I usually ask these guys, uh, I ask pretty much everyone that, that comes on. uh, It's since you've read how to be a 3% man, I'm going to ask you what does being a 3% man mean to you?
1: Okay. Being a 3% man to me is being able to understand that we are also the prize, but kicking the mentality that it is our job to bend over backwards, to please other people in dating, like being a 3% man is, is, you know, having confidence and owning the fact that we as men have a lot to offer. You know, we don't get bogged down by this, you know, this societal thing that like men are inherently dangerous or bad or aggressive or toxically masculine and all this stuff. And understanding that, like, yes, we are also the prize, but getting your game to a point where since you know that you're the prize, you can be patient and you can make good decisions as well. So I think being a 3% man is, is owning the fact that you've got something to offer and being able to be patient and, you know, pick the right woman when she comes along, not just picking the next attractive woman.
0: I got it. That's a, that's a great answer. All right, Evan, famous one, one named uh, celebrity here. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I appreciate you coming on, man. Uh, and if, if ever you want to come back, you have an open invitation.
1: Yeah. You know, I want to come back. That would be, that would be great, man. I appreciate you inviting
0: me on. Awesome, dude. All right. We'll talk to you later.
1: All right, man. Take care.
0: Evan, thanks for joining me. I appreciate it. Uh, you're welcome back anytime. You have an open invitation. I love your videos. I get a lot of insight uh, from, from you. I feel like we're on the same page on quite a bit of stuff, although you're way more professional than I am. <laughs> but I'm just a student though. I'm just a student. I don't do this for a living. You do this for a living. So that's my excuse. Well, I guess I mean I do the podcast, but I'm not a dating coach. I'm just a student. So I appreciate you coming on. Uh, You guys definitely follow Evan. I've linked to his TikTok account in the comments. He just has so so much great tips and tricks and recommendations and just a, a wealth of knowledge. So definitely follow him on TikTok if you don't already. All right, guys, I guess that's it. We'll catch you next week. Thank you for listening to Come On, Man. If you're new to the podcast, I highly recommend reading How to Be a 3% Man by Corey Wayne at least 10 to 15 times. I recommend you watch his coaching videos on YouTube, and I recommend that you engage with other 3% men in our 3% Man Facebook group. Links to all of these are in the show notes. If you like this episode, please give us a good rating on your podcast platform of choice and share with all of your bros. Now go out and get it!